up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. This is episode 159. Uh, This is a combined episode. We're going to be doing our Baylor recap as well as our TCU preview all in this one episode. Had some things come up for uh, real life work, uh, which making us record uh, Wednesday night. So uh, two for in this one episode for you guys. And next week we'll uh, have our basketball preview before the basketball season tips off on Monday night. So be on the lookout for that. And in order to catch all of what we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. If you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Also, follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. Also, give our YouTube channel a follow. We are posting videos from each week's shows uh, on there. And as always, we're still waiting on videos for our Telgate recaps Um uh, Apparently, these take quite a while to do. Um, And so, you know, a frustrating thing for us, as we know, several of you guys are waiting for us to get this stuff out here. Uh, Unfortunately, something we just really have no control over. uh, But hopefully those videos come out soon. So, you know, if you want those videos out, start tweeting at us, uh, start start tagging us in social media things. Maybe that helps uh, the person who's responsible for these get them out a little bit longer or, or a little bit faster. Uh, and lastly, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. If you have anything that you want to add to the show, uh, you can always email us there. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's Baylor recap and TCU preview. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, we return after uh, the first loss at the Jones of the season uh, as Texas Tech falls to Baylor in Lubbock, uh, 45-17 in what was a disappointing night at the Jones. Uh, So some stats for the game as as we're not going to do our typical recap here, as as mentioned in the intro, we're, we're doing Baylor recap and TCU preview all in this episode. So we're trying to get through the Baylor game quicker. Uh, than usual. So some stats from the game. Baron Morton was 11 for 34 for 152 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Uh, He did have one rushing touchdown. All three quarterbacks saw playing time and all three quarterbacks uh, found the defense on a throw. All three of them threw a pick. Um, Taj Brooks had 98 yards on the ground. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson had 66 and your leading receiver on the day was Xavier White, who had 45 yards Uh, on the defense. Something I thought was notable was Kosai Eldridge had 12 tackles, so he was <laughs> out there putting up some stats. So, Dustin, um, I know you weren't there for it. Lucky you, I'm but what were, your thoughts, yeah, what were your thoughts on this uh, pretty brutal Baylor game? Yeah, I was watching it remote either through my phone or hotel room, so that was good. good change, actually, by the end of it. But, um, yeah, pretty disappointing, especially come fourth quarter. Um, of that one because you did fight back late in the second half like late third quarter I mean to kind of put yourself back in position to be back in that game and then really just flushed it all down the toilet real bad in the fourth quarter but man you were bad you were in deep like kind of early like it felt like like nothing was clicking nothing was happening um and I think coach McGuire said it best after the game too like feel he was kind of embarrassed for the team, for the fan base, because he's like, yeah, we wasted a good, good night of energy and fans at, for a night game. So that's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. It's disappointing. Like that was the one thing I think every tech fan was talking about. It's like, we have these, we've had some of these big games where you have a lot of fans show up and then you lay an egg and it's been like that in the past and you kind of show up and you do the same now you're able to kind of battle back, like you said, there in the second half and then to have it all fall apart. 
but ultimately just pretty typical for the Pat Mahomes return night too, though. Yeah. Yeah. You gave him a, a vintage <laughs> performance. The defense couldn't stop Baylor at yeah, all. Exactly. Um, welcome back. So yeah. Welcome back, Pat. Watch their defense get shredded all day long. Um, you know, and your offense wasn't able to get anything going either. It was really frustrating. Cause you know, if West Virginia was your best game of the season, uh, this was your worst game yes. of the season. And it started up front. Your offensive line sucked. Your defensive line sucked. Um, yes, exactly. And that's the first that's, thing I wrote down was both lines got their ass kicked. That's where the game was kind of won and lost because, um, you know, another stat, and I'll just go ahead and throw it out here. The time of possession was Baylor Ooh. 40 minutes and 17 seconds to your 19 minutes and 43 40 seconds. 40 to 20. That's fucking ridiculous. In your yeah, home and a lot of that's from how well they were able to run the ball just yeah right up your ass all day like it was pretty demoralizing watching them run for like eight yards a pop pretty easy because they didn't blink big play you at all they really had to (laughs) they need to grind and it'd be third and eight they'd hand the ball off get eight yards it's just it was chapin didn't need to do anything those receivers didn't need to do anything like yeah make it make a regular catch here and there regular throw here and there and Hand it off to to Reese and whatnot, and just let him do work. Like it was pretty easy work for them offensively. Yeah, it was easy work for them, and for us, it was very difficult uh, to get anything going yeah, on the offensive end. Like we, like we mentioned, Barron had was eleven for thirty four. That's not good. Only one hundred fifty two yards. Uh, that's not good. Three interceptions. That's not good. So, what did you think about Kitley's game plan for this uh, for this game? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> um, I was watching on my phone most of that first half. And, uh, dude, yeah, I think our like the whole offense, I think the inexperience of everybody, because we're pretty inexperienced across the board on offense. Yeah. Um, even the guys that are older don't have experience with the guy beside them kind of deal. Like, So it might be like either individuals are – inexperienced or as a unit they're inexperienced and that really really showed against kind of a veteran more put together Baylor team who also has more better players than we do and that showed also especially in the trenches um something else I noted though was no nobody had more than two catches in this game yeah like that's fucking awful <laughs> like goodness yeah, gracious I, like ah man like two handful of guys of two and a handful of guys of one Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and not rewatching this game kind of hurts some of what my like I'm gonna say on this game is, but that was god awful of a game plan, and it, it felt like from watching it, like the things that we did at, against West Virginia that were successful, we didn't use that at all. Like we, it felt like we were dropping back and trying to have Baron like sit in the pocket, which didn't really make sense because your line couldn't couldn't stand no. for one second, and so. Immediately, he's getting flushed out of the pocket almost every single play. And some of the times you had success were when you rolled them out or whatever, but we weren't running those like quick passes where the ball was in his hands and out like real fast. I didn't feel like we were doing any of that. And that was what you did against West Virginia, which had the offense really moving. It felt like you went complete opposite game plan. And it didn't make sense because like it was very clear early on that your line was just going to get destroyed all game. And so you had to do some things to try to combat it and you really just kind of weren't able to do it there until the second half when you're finally able to sustain a couple drives but ultimately the turnovers end up being what kills you and you have five of them and every single one of your quarterbacks through through a they pick in this game Tyler Shuck comes back. every one of them was bad oh, yeah. timely turnover like your Donovan Smith one was a fourth down conversion and then a real bad just throw to the defense like yeah damn it dude like and then you're Chuck went, oh, we'll come back to that. I, that pisses me off. But your Donovan, or not your uh, Baron Morton one of the end zone, like that's just being young and inexperienced and yeah. throwing the ball up to where you should not be doing that. So there were three guys that could have picked that off. And yeah. Then, we, that, I had no idea what he was doing on that play. No. It was like, just throw it out of bounds. That's your bad freshman type play. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Tyler Shuck one, man, that is the worst ball I've seen thrown all year. Yeah, I had left that, by that point, so. <laughs> that, did you even see that play? No. No. 
that ball might still be trying to get to the receiver in the sideline. He lollipopped that so bad. Like he just, man. And that corner was looking at it and baiting it the whole time. So it was easy for him to jump. I mean, he had to kind of wait on it to get there himself. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Shucks kind of come susceptible to those easy Ooh, pick sixes, which it isn't. had no zip to it. It was very not good. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I just. Running game you know, was good, it, though, I feel like. Or at least numbers wise, it was good. Do what? Our running game was good. Yeah. Decent. Yeah, I mean, those were the only ways you got your drives going there kind of in the second half was you were able to run the ball a little bit. Like, Sir Roderick kind of busted a couple open. Sir Roderick had some nice runs. Or, or, I mean, Sir Roderick Brooks. and Brooks had some nice runs in there. It was the only way you were able to really ever generate offense. And then, you know, Baron scrambling was kind of another way you were able to generate offense. But really anything through the air was – was. I mean, Barry didn't have time. And there was nothing that could have been done like – that's why everybody threw a pick is <laughs> didn't matter what quarterback you were going to throw no. out there. When you had that kind of line, that game, you yeah. were going to struggle no matter who was throwing the ball. Um, and guess so we know I, how the uh, three quarterback system works now though. Yeah. Shitty. So what are your thoughts on, on that? Because I uh, was not a big fan of it and will not, we'll continue to not be a fan of it as we continue <laughs> to move forward here. Um, yeah. I mean, just kind of, Going more on what I was just saying about the interceptions, like I've never been, I'm over Donovan. Uh, yeah. Even like, I like to put him in for the fourth down and have that element in there, but then take him out after yeah. that. Don't, don't quick hurry, whatever, and let him try to throw something. Um, and then Shuck I'm out on now because of that last pass. It was so bad. Like you got to have some arm strength and zip that ball to the sideline to get a long, like 10 yard out over there. And that was yeah, not it, man. And so on that, like Baron's still the guy for me. A um, couple of his picks were, yeah, just like freshman type, young inexperienced type mistakes. Like you can teach him out of those kind of deal. Like the, like the Chuck one and the Donald Smith one, they should know better and have a better throw. Like that's just a skill yeah. thing. Like, so I'm still in on Barron. I also think he gives you a better tempo of running things if you option to do that in a good way. Um, yeah. so I guess we didn't do this this game, but we did two games ago. So that's where I'm at. I'm still Barron, and then nobody. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think most of the blame should go on Kitley for whatever that whatever yeah. the fuck that game plan was. Oof. Like I, you know. I think Baron was trying. He made some that. really he made some really impressive passes, like some that we were just like, "Wow, how the hell did he do that?" Um, but yeah, he definitely I think gives this offense a little more life than what you're seeing. But I'm sick and tired of it. I I I, I have been a big McGuire supporter, but we have got to cut the crap on this quarterback thing. Oh, Pick yeah. your guy and go. If you're gonna use him for like a package, then just. Like, and I think he's saying that this time is like, we'll use the three quarterback package or whatever against TCU. Like, okay, but can we just name a starter? Can we just name it Baron yes. and just get through the rest of the season knowing that Baron's our starting quarterback? And the only time we're going to see Donovan is if he's in there to run a fourth and one play or right. something like that. Um, and then pull him off the field because that was an absolute backbreaker when he comes Good in time. and just sails one over the middle. The only interception I will take off the board was that bullshit. Uh, simultaneous catch yeah that was dude, i don't know what that's all about i i have no idea and we i was even sitting in some room room with another college rec guy and his boss is a college football official and he didn't even have an answer for us so i don't understand that one so i'm not gonna like go in on it i don't think that's an interception i think that's a touchdown once you come yeah. down with it there's really two questionable calls in the game, and they really were backbreakers for you. That that terrible, there was a terrible pass interference at the end of the first half. Yeah, that wasn't um, there. And then there was that simultaneous yeah, TD. Yeah. Well, I'm not blaming you know the refs on this. Obviously, like you didn't deserve to win that game, but those are big plays. And if that's a touchdown, it's a touchdown game, and you still have a yeah. chance in that one. And instead, it it gets ruled incorrectly, from what I believe. And then that pass interference ended up putting them out like the goal line. So 
Um, it ends up being 17 to three at half when I think I would have been like third and long or fourth down or something after yeah. that play. So, um, might've been 13 to three, which could change the game too. So just kind of frustrating to have calls like that. Sure. Uh, Baylor, Baylor stats, uh, shaping was 19 to 30 for 211 yards in a TD. He also had some, uh, backbreakers where he, uh, He'd get out like of a pocket third and long, and he was able yeah. to scramble. So he had thirty yards on the ground. He only had one. Uh, Reese, yeah, Reese, thirty-six carries Ooh. for one hundred and forty-eight yards and three TDs. And while that's not like a great yards per carry average for him, um, he was just able to kind of nickel and dime you all day long. Uh, capitalize on three touchdowns. Their leading receiver only had seventy-seven yards. Once again, that big stat: forty minutes they had the ball to your nineteen. Damn. So uh, just. Just terrible. Just weren't able to get off the field when you needed to time and time again. And that's why they got to keep having the ball. Any thoughts on the defense and, and their performance on Saturday? Similar to the offense, the the line got whooped, man. Yeah. I mean, they got whooped. I know that there's a lot of tackles on the board there for a lot of people, but that's because they had the ball for 40 minutes and just kept running it. Like yeah. <laughs> one sack and lots of – letting shape and get out of the pocket a lot of times straight up the field straight up the pocket yeah um for easy yards or easy first down and yeah your your d line just kind of took it all game basically and that sucks <laughs> i mean there was literally nothing we could do about it um yeah it just it just sucked to just sit there and we basically just took them running it at us all game yeah, no resistance never yeah. felt like we threw a qb spy in there to you know keep him from getting those little five yard runs to convert on those big yeah. downs. But yeah, they just, they just couldn't figure it out when you needed to. Every time it was a long yarded situation, Baylor was running it and it, it was just, it was yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. Um, they didn't even have like a long third and eight or nine. They'd be like, yeah. okay, we'll run it, run it. And they get 10 yards on the play. Yep. Like it, it was just ridiculous. Um, you know, their worst performance of the season so far, it was tough to watch. Um, you know, they did get the fumble there to to kind of, uh, you know, then you go score and make it a touchdown game there. So they, yeah. they did have that stop to keep you in it. And after Donovan threw the pick, they got a stop to still kind of keep you in it. But uh, just ultimately when they needed to get off the field, they just were not able to do it. And so uh, Baylor just kind of took it to you, like we said, on both offensive and defensive lines. They just were the the brand that we preach they, they and this is yeah why joey mcguire when he got here was like we got to build these two sides yeah. of the ball up i mean he's coming from baylor you could tell like if that's what we want to be we're a long ways from it but it's a good yep. place to be if we can get there be having two good d lines helps you run a lot of things uh in, in your game so I, I do strive to get a team and a roster that's similar to that very soon yeah and you know that that time will tell tell on that as you still got to get those recruits in and you still got to get those freshmen in and built up yeah. and and some transfers obviously but yeah we're still a little bit of ways on that but that's okay this is year one uh it wasn't going to be like that immediately from the get-go so revisiting our predictions from the game real quickly then we'll move on and look ahead to tcu uh our defensive predictions i had rashad getting a pick and two tyree sacks Mm. Uh, neither of those happened. Um, although Rashad did recover a tur uh, fumble, so I give you half a point. Over. He got on the board with the turnover. Uh, Dustin had two turnovers, and so Tech had one. So I'll give you half a point for that too. All right. <laughs> uh, offensively, Dustin had a, a running back over 100 yards. Uh, so, uh, Taj Brooks was I pretty much two yards away. One. He had 98, so that's pretty much right. Um, and then I had Xavier White continuing his big games. No streak and, uh, nobody no, on their wide no, receiver no board did anything, but he did lead you uh, receiving with 45 yards <laughs> and two catches. So uh, let's get that loss and that bad taste out of our mouths. And let's, look ahead. let's start looking ahead to TCU. Texas Tech now looks to head to Fort Worth to take on the number seventh ranked TCU Horn Frogs who sit 8-0 on the season so far. When you looked at this game at the start of the season, I don't think any of us could have predicted that TCU would be no a top 10 team and undefeated on the season, but there they are. 
Um, so Dustin, thoughts on the upcoming are. matchup? Uh, the long-awaited one since the whole cactus thing yeah, happened. Cactus week, baby. Um, so it is cactus week, and so what are your thoughts on this upcoming matchup this weekend? Yeah, it's cactus week, but it seems a little. Uh, you're not as excited as you you were thinking yeah. you would be going into this, um, just because you got your ass handed to you last week, and obviously TCU is undefeated and number seven in the country right now, and their offense looks good. Their defense was whatever, but they're they're kind of going back to old school Big Twelve, I guess you could say. Of we're just going to score more than you type type yeah. offense, and it's working so far. <laughs> I mean, they put it on everybody. So you're uh, I don't know if you looked past Baylor and you're already ready for this game, but Baylor definitely gave you an ass kicking and a rude awakening and a wake up call. So maybe that's a good thing for you going into this big time game against your arguably best opponent of the whole season, um, ranking-wise, definitely. So I hope you had a rude awakening last Saturday and that can transfer into some good energy this week and you know what you're getting yourself into now um, playing big boy football in the Big 12. I, mean, I know we're a few weeks into it, but damn, that, that loss should be a big wake-up call for you, so. Yeah, hopefully it sparks some frustration in this team and they're able to take it out Saturday. It's definitely, yeah, yeah it's definitely different than we thought at the beginning of the season. We thought both of these teams are going to be probably kind of similar, yeah. I think, this season-wise. But obviously TCU is pretty good. Max Dugan stepped up and been yeah, a great quarterback this season. Uh, they've won. They've beaten some, you know, some of the best teams in the Big 12. So. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously having a great season, and yeah, I'm not feeling super good about this matchup. No, I was feeling pretty right. good about it after the West Virginia game, but um, once you take it on the chin at home against Baylor, it, it definitely uh, kind of changes how I'm feeling about this game. So I was excited, uh, not so much anymore. <laughs> I was thinking about going out there, not going to go anymore. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's still a chance, obviously, and and the. I think this is a great opportunity to see what kind of team this is. Uh, you know, what, yeah. kind of what Joey McGuire is. Are you able to bounce back from a tough performance uh, at home where he, the crowd was ready and Patrick Mahomes was there and all that stuff. And are you able to turn it around and go on the road and compete against one of the best teams in the country? Um, so we'll, we'll see on Saturday. It's at 11 a.m. kickoff. So it was bright yeah, and early noon Saturday. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm just, basically going to roll out of bed, turn on the TV and hopefully watch us uh, knock off the Horn Frogs. But uh, Dustin, we mentioned it in our Baylor recap. I had a pretty, pretty brutal offensive week for us last week. So what do you think we got to do? What do we think that we got to do on offense to help Barron and get this offense back on track to the way it was looking when, when they faced off with West Virginia? I'm going to sound like a broken record. People are probably sick of me going this angle, but I mean, it's true. Zach Kittley and this offensive line have to figure out some combination to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. You saw what happened last week when it didn't happen and Baron is just getting eaten alive back there. And then we couldn't get anything off. Like, so it's not good if he gets sacked. I mean, we saw it against Houston a long time ago, you know, NC state, like that's been a critical, probably that and like our turnovers are too critical yeah. points in our offensive swing of is it going to go good or bad this game um so can we protect and i think what you probably might get to is the quicker passes and whatnot so i think that factors into it also but yeah protection and scheme wise and i just thought about this too like baron's a decent enough athlete why do we never like move him and move the pocket with him like you know, like the yeah. Bears just figured that out with Justin Fields. Like they just figured out he's a good athlete. And their offense has kind of taken off a little bit these last few weeks, kind of moving Justin Fields out of the pocket and letting him be the athlete. Like I think Barron can move and help this offensive line if we do yeah. that rather than having everybody come from all directions at us. Um, let's dictate where they're coming from and maybe do that a little more. Yeah, I thought a few of the times – that we, you know, had a receiver make a catch where we were having to get Barron outside of the pocket. We were doing a little rollout and, and, um, but then it felt like it just became, we were only attacking one side of the field. 
And so I like I think we kind of had a little bit of tunnel vision last week on just like, oh, this worked. We're just going to keep doing this. (laughs) You got to keep opening it up more and you got to (laughs) be less predictable. But at the same time, like you got to get the ball out of his hands when when the line is crashing on him that fast and um, not watching it back does hurt. Were there receivers there? Did we just not have the ability to get those screen passes off because the line was getting blown up so bad? I don't know. That's not good either. But um, yeah, there's obviously stuff that you can do, I think, to to help this offense out. I'll, did you see that there was a big conversation going around on Twitter or uh, like a really good NFL conversation? It was between Orlovsky and Clark and stuff on the NFL game day talking to the, defense, the defensive guys talking to Orlovsky about how they play defense when the quarterback lines up under center than when he lines up no. uh, in shotgun. It was really, really smart. It was like seven minute video. And I, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to watch this because people were saying this is one of the smartest conversations. Clark. He's great to listen to. Yeah. He, and, and so, and Orlovsky was asking yeah, he's, him, he's like, so when I, when I'm lining up in shotgun, he's like, Oh, we're, I'm playing pass almost every single time. Right. And if you, if you're going to run the ball, like, cool, I'm already pretty much going to be in position or whatever for that. Um, and if you fake the handoff, I'm already ready to go because I'm playing. I'm, it's probably 70% pass, 30% yeah. run. Where you're lining up under center, like, I have no idea what you're doing. Yep. And once you <clears throat> fake that handoff or whatever, like, I'm thinking it's run now. And you. that's why offenses – they were talking about the Bengals and, like, the Bengals started running more under center – and that's when their offense kind of started taking advantage of plays and stuff like that. I don't know why college – I just bring this to say, I don't know why college coaches are so set on Yeah, it has to be through shotgun um, because if you do it under center, maybe you do present the defense with more problems because they're thinking we're going to run the ball more and you got two really good running backs that you can use to um, put pressure on those defenses. So, I don't know. It was a conversation I was thinking, and I was like, man, college coaches always – it's just all – un all shotgun and i don't know why yeah. it has to be that way it's definitely a system thing like kitley's never gonna go to that leech never no gonna but go to that, you know um so it's definitely a system thing but yeah you can't get your your play action stuff's not gonna work as well um, yeah because they're already yeah and your rpo stuff that's also a system and personnel type thing um i don't know if I don't think we really do RPO that often, to be honest. No, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of. I was just trying to think of things. RPO that might help is kind because, of the new shotgun yeah. play action, I guess that you could say. Yeah, because we ran, we had the ball. I think it was like a third down or something in goal, and we actually put Baron under center and ran like a full package and faked it and got a wide open touchdown pass off it, and it was kind of like. You know, oh, yeah. maybe maybe we do stuff like this more because I hate the lining up on like third and shorts from shotgun and making it what a third yeah. and one and do a third and five now because you're uh, going from shotgun. It just seems kind of stupid sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, random tangent there. But I don't know. Yeah, fast passes. Obviously, the line protecting, but I think you got to use the ground game more. Like yeah, uh, as well. I think that's got to be more of a a thing that you're doing early on. I think that's a killer thing. Just not being able he to abandons sit, it at sit the start of the game. He like if you watch our first possessions, I think from all these games, it's pass, 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 pass. Yeah, we're not running the ball really at all, and you're not establishing the run till what second half. Um, yeah. You got to do better. You got to keep the attack more versatile and keep the defense guessing a little bit. I instead, you're just passing, and then you're not doing anything with it. So. Um, anything else that you're kind of watching from the offense, anything you're watch- wanting to see from Baron specifically? Um, no, I'll get into that in, in my predictions. Uh, I'll save that for in a little bit. Okay. But obviously ball protection, like don't turn it over. Do you think there's anything with the coaching on that? I think I saw a tweet that was like, man, these quarterbacks don't know how to protect the ball. It seems like they're <laughs> uh, always throwing it into terrible traffic. At this traffic. point, you got to ask that question. Yeah. Because I don't get it either. Uh, like I've said in the Baylor stuff, like a couple of those, at least one that comes to mind, the deep bomb into the three guys, that's just young, inexperienced type. Yeah. Hey, you don't need to make a play there. Like, there's not a play to be made right there. Um, so you can coach that stuff out of them, but 
I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like, yeah, like a one read and throw it already. Like, like the shuck kind of interceptions seem that way. Like you're not even looking at the defense. You're just, hey, if that guy's semi-open, you're launching that ball over there. And that's it. So, I don't know, man. It's, but yeah, it is kind of befuddling when you look at guys like the reason Max Duggan's having a good year is because, well, 22 touchdowns to two interceptions is a yeah. really good ratio. When Meanwhile, we, we can't have even five have in one game. <laughs> we can't even, yeah, have a backup or a third string come in without throwing one. It, it's frustrating. Yeah, I got to protect the ball, obviously, on Saturday um, if you want to have a chance to win. And it's limiting some of those risks. Like, this isn't that Patrick Mahomes offense where you can't rely on your defense, you know, and you have right. to score every single drive. Like, you've, you've got to be – more protective of the ball and you can't take some of those unnecessary shots like um just throw it out of bounds it's okay to do that or but throwing it all the way downfield into triple coverage like we've got to learn you know we got to learn from those i guess it's a freshman and a young mistake but at the same time it's just something that feels like it happens every single game oh yeah it's a trend obviously yeah so uh anything else you got for the offense no let's just defensive side of the ball let's say (laughs) Let's take a look at some TCU stats so far. So, as Dustin said, Dugan having a pretty solid year. 22 touchdowns to two interceptions and 2,212 yards passing. A lot of twos. All the twos. A lot of twos for for Max Dugan. Um, Plus, he has 276 yards on the ground and four touchdowns rushing as well. Um, Kendra Miller, their starting running back has 851 yards on the season. That's pretty good as well. Uh, and 11 touchdowns. And then their leading receiver who is a beast, Quentin Johnston, 650 yards receiving so far and four touchdowns. So Dustin, the defense faces another pretty difficult task this week with this TCU offense. Uh, how do you think they stack up? against this uh, Max Dugan-led offense. I mean, you got a TCU offense, some team stats for you, that is number three in the country in points with 44 points per game. I mean, they're scoring about a touchdown more than you are, which yeah. in the grand scheme of things, that's a lot at this point in the season. Um, and 518 yards, which is fourth in the country. So they're top five offense. And at this point in the season, that's a legit stat. I mean, you're not playing cupcakes and whatnot. You're in conference play. So – uh, it's a little scary, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, Dugan's being a guy where we thought he might crap out. So that's concerning. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they got they got some dudes that are playing well. I mean, now I see Sonny Dykes has his offensive scheme working very well with all their athletes over at TCU. So they run the ball actually quite a bit. And after seeing what Baylor just did, I bet they are lighting their eyes up for like, oh, we can just run the ball however we want and play action them and go deep on them as much as possible because that's how teams have scored on us. So it kind of worries me that everything that TCU does well, we suffer at. So it doesn't match up really good, I don't think. <laughs> like watching yeah. teams, like those kind of play actions and deep bombs, like that's our teams have scored on us. You know, and the run game we've been gashed on. Like, oh, this is not a bad, not a good mixture for us. Yeah, so far in the season, if you look at our like our worst matchups, it was probably Kansas State with Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, like the and our inability to stop them. And this just kind of is that similar type thing, but I think an even more explosive offense because yeah. at the same time, like Dugan's been doing really good through the air as well. So you can't just it's like a better version of Texas. Yeah, you can't just sell out on the run because they can beat you through the air, and you can't sell out on the air because they can beat you through the run. And so, like, they're just a very versatile offense that really scares me, especially after last week's performance. Like, that was probably the the worst kind of performance you can have before a game like this because, you know, we've seen Dugan run all over us several, several times. Like, I'm tired of seeing him destroy us on Saturdays. Um, and, and then they've got a running back as well. Who's, who's just been yeah. killing it too. So this is, uh, as formidable of a running attack as you're probably going to see all season. And you just haven't been able to, to stop a running quarterback. It's like, you still don't realize that the quarterback can run the football. Um, Dude, we are and- the worst about, um, 
damn, I forgot his name. Our favorite defensive end of all time. Uh, <laughs> made the NFL and everything. But Brandon Jackson. Yeah. Dude, this yeah. team, Brandon Jackson's every quarterback we freaking play. We're so good at getting pressure on him and then leaving him a lane. But we also have like highlight arrows of like, here's the lane you can run through. Yeah. Every time. Because right. they find a lane to get out of and get a first down every time. The touch them but can't tackle them squad, yeah. you know, the B-Jack special. I swear, uh, that's yeah. yeah, that's so frustrating um, to watch because you know you have guys who can make the play, <laughs> like you, and they're always right there. They just, for whatever reason, can't wrap up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this this offense makes me really nervous. Uh, yeah. it, it makes me really nervous. I just haven't seen us be able to, to slow it down yet. And, I think it's going to so, really rely on – like if you can get a pick or two in your secondary and let them kind of be on islands and hopefully the front yeah. seven can just try to hold their own a little bit. Like that's, I think the game plan, like go all out on the run and hope those guys in the back end can just hold it down enough. Yeah. That's what you got to ask for. Um, and if they're able to do it, then you're going to have a shot to win this one. But if you're not able to stop that run, I, I find it very unlikely for you to win this game. Because, yeah. like we said, because like the Baylor game, like they're just going to dominate the time of possession. Because, Maybe. um, well, to, sure. it depends. It depends on the runs they're hitting. Are they hitting the Baylor runs where it's just like a little bit at a time, or are they hitting the Kansas State type runs where sure. it's just uh, sixty yards to the house? Um, I, I don't know which one I prefer because the other one eats up clock and the other one scores. So uh, I'd rather have the Kansas state one. Cause then you just get yeah. the ball back and can keep, keep trying to cut back at Adam, like old school, big 12 type. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of like a 10 minute drive there where they convert on yeah. three, like fourth downs and just run it down your throat the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all, all, all types of frustrating uh, from last weekend. So I, I don't know. Uh, my confidence might not sound very great and I, I feel right. bad, but you know, uh, we try to be realists here uh, at Texas tech sure. and it's hard to, it's hard to wash that memory from last week's game out of your head. Um, especially with your toughest matchup of the season coming up. So let's go ahead and get our Texas Tech TCU predictions in, unless you had anything else you wanted to add to. Let's get into them. All right, defensive prediction time, Dustin. What do you have for a defensive prediction? All right, we're not going to Brandon Jackson this game. We're going to come up with some sacks. I had four on there, but then I'm like, man, four is probably stretching too far. I'm going to go for three sacks this game from our defense. Doesn't go in with three sacks. I'm going to say this might not be a super bold prediction. I don't know how you take it, but I'm going to say we hold them to under 200 yards rushing um, Saturday, which that God, could still so. be a, that's still a pretty <laughs> big, that's a pretty big number, but yeah. Um, but they, they got a quarterback who can run it and a running backs who can run that damn ball. So uh, I think holding them to under 200 yards would yeah, be, it would be, uh, would be a victory. So offensive side of the ball, what do you have for uh, offensive prediction? All right. Going with some alliteration and back to the threes here at the Baron bounce back for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Baron bounces back for 300 yards and three touchdowns, man. I'm struggling to find an offensive prediction for this week. I'm like, I'm kind of trying to be optimistic here. Yeah. They give up yards. They give up yards and points. They do give up yards. I think I'm gonna go. uh, I'm gonna kind of go back to the well that we've been going through. (laughs) The running backs. The running backs. I think they're a key to this game. I think establishing some good possessions early on, using them, is going to be key if you want to pull off an upset. Um, so I'm going to have a running back go over 150 yards in this game, Dustin. I'm going. I'm upping it from just 150. Um, I think one of them is going to have their breakout game of the Woo! season. I, I hope I so. That'd be nice. Um, and I'm not going to put a name on it because I don't want to limit myself. I'm no, going to say either Taj that. Brooks or Sir Roderick Thompson is going to bust it open for 150 yards in this game. All right, Dustin, score prediction. Uh, what do you have for Texas Tech TCU? 
Yeah, man, I'm going optimistic. I'm going with the upset. Tech goes into TCU into Fort Worth and comes out with a 42 to 38 victory. Wow, that's a quite a close game. The Texas Tech's able to pull off. I I tweeted it two weeks ago. I said Texas Tech will beat TCU, but I just don't see it happening anymore. I think TCU is a pretty good football team, um, and I just. I think they excel at where our defense doesn't excel, which is running the football. Um, so I've I've got TC winning this one, forty-two to thirty-one. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I think it'll be kind of close at the end, and maybe they have a touchdown that kind of ices the game late. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I'm thinking this one goes. Uh, but yeah, forty-two thirty-one for me. Um, I just I just don't see us winning it this one uh, anymore. Uh, I just I just don't not after last week's performance. So yeah, uh, trying to remain optimistic, but at the same time, uh, kind of tough. I still so, am. Any, yeah, well, that Dustin is always on the positive side. Sometimes when I can't be. So uh, <laughs> um, anything else you've got for this Texas Tech TCU game that you wanted to shout out? Yeah, good luck to all our TCU haters out there and athletic director because tech fans are coming so safe travels all the tech fans that go into this game don't get don't do anything stupid at the game you know represent us well heckle in a good way all right don't anything stupid or offensive so represent us well and be safe out there red raider fans yeah have a good time everybody going out for the game i know you know dallas has a lot of red raiders uh in it i know i have several friends i don't know if they're going to go to the game but they're going to kind of be around that 11 a.m kickoff really threw off i think a lot of plans for people Yeah, that stinks um so that yeah that does stink but i'm not that mad at an 11 a.m game on the road always like those kind of games roll up out of bed turn the game on uh and and go so um you know have a good time out there Drink yeah. some drinks and hopefully get to watch us maybe pull off a huge upset, maybe the first big upset of the Joey McGuire era. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Texas Tech basketball starts on Monday. Uh, we yeah. are not going to dive into it just yet. Uh, we will be recording on Sunday night. Uh, we'll do our TCU recap, and then we will dive into Texas Tech basketball. Is there set to tip off on Monday? So, uh, we'll do our Texas Tech basketball preview right as this season's getting going. So look for that uh, to come out on Monday. Uh, shot bets. Shot bets for last week. We both lost the Tech bet as we had Tech minus two over Baylor. Um, and obviously Baylor dominated that to get the win. Um, and then we did Giants versus Seahawks. The Seahawks were a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and the Seahawks handled the Giants to get the win there. So I won that shot bet okay. while Dustin took the loss. Uh, so as we move on here to this week's shot bets, Texas Tech, of course, takes on TCU. So that will be our college shot bet. TCU currently a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Dustin, are you still going Texas Tech, uh, or are you you know, going to try to – you know? Yeah. Place so we're going Texas Tech here and give me all those points. So yeah, I'm going Red Raiders. I had TCU winning by eleven points. I I think I'm still gonna take that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna still side with the TCU side. I I just right. and some of this is in hopes that maybe you know, maybe I push us to better luck by by not yeah, I like that idea. Not giving us the vote of confidence here because the time you know Baylor, I was so confident and we lost. NC Oof. State, I was so confident in us covering, we lost. Oof. Kent State, I was confident in us covering, Oof. we lost that one. So maybe just not being confident helps. Like that, <laughs> um, uh, so me and Dustin splitting that shot bet. Dustin going Texas Tech, me going TCU. Uh, Rams versus Bucks, I thought would be a good. NFL shot bet for this week as both teams are struggling. Both teams need a win. Tom Brady going through some things this season, Dustin. <laughs> Yet leading the league in passing, I think. So, um, you know, still doing Tom Brady things, just not winning games. So Rams versus Bucks in Tampa Bay. Bucks are minus three. Who you got? I'm going with both underdogs this week. I'm taking the Rams there. At least they've looked like they've had some life to them this year like the bucks look pretty terrible 
Uh, I mean, they're yeah. on backup and third string offensive line. They can't protect Tom. Receivers, Mike Evans can't catch anymore. I mean, they can't run the ball for anything. Winter Fournette's pretty much nothing. So give me the Rams. And I actually picked up the Rams defense for fantasy. So doubling down on them. Need the Rams to win here. I'm kind of with you on this one. I just, until I see it from the Bucks, it's hard to put a bet on it. But also the Rams haven't been good either. So it's just like, I don't know. It's two teams. Not good, but they're better. To, <laughs> yeah, two teams struggling to find life uh, in this season so far. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. I'm going to go Rams. Uh, so our shot bets for the week, Dustin going Texas Tech. I'm going TCU. Both of us going Los Angeles Rams. So uh, that'll do it for our shot bets. Before we get out of here this week, able to recap and preview but in a pretty timely fashion. Uh, Dustin, you have anything you wanted to shout out here before we wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, going NFL talk here real quick. Trade deadline just passed earlier this week. It's actually a pretty fun trade deadline. Yeah. Over the weekend and then on Monday and Tuesday, as some stuff came in. My favorite ones, obviously the big one, Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. That's already panned out well as he threw, caught, and ran a touchdown last week. So, man, Harry's going to do everything with him. Oh, pretty good. Um, Felt pretty good. <laughs> Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs. I think that could work out if he can get some healthy hamstrings um, and he can fit right in with those other young receivers there. Uh, Claypool to the Bears, I think it's a good move for Justin Fields. Um, on that, Bradley they Chubb. traded away their like whole defense, so it's kind of yeah, kind of this weird. is a future move though. This is a future yeah. move to get Fields a weapon for later. This isn't a this year move, um, so I like that for them. And he's young, like he's still like twenty three or something. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins is probably the biggest defensive move. They get a huge defensive end rusher to go with that good offense so they've turned all their uh trey lance first round picks into tyree kill bradley chubb Jalen waddle Jalen waddle so yeah. they've done real well to surround two they're going all in this year um and the favorite uh trade that like how it was put is that the jaguars pre-ordered calvin ridley for next year <laughs> i saw that one come through and i was like huh that's interesting. But that's good for him, I guess. Like, I don't know what was happening with him and the Falcons, but I guess kind of a fresh start with him getting out of there, going to the Jags. And the Jags have bought or traded for some receivers and weapons for Trevor Lawrence. So he's got weapons, and next year's kind of a good telltale year for them. So good, fun yeah. trade deadline for some teams. And, you know, we're halfway through the season, so that's to really shake some playoff stuff out. Yeah, it was an exciting trade deadline. I think there was a record of most trades on yeah, trade deadline. Yeah, there's 10 on Tuesday. Yeah, it went down. <laughs> it went down. So, uh, yeah, starting to kind of feel more like NBA every every year. It like, gets a little bit more exciting. Teams trying to go all in, yeah. make some moves. Uh, so, yeah, good for them. Uh, my final shot will be, you know, some news that kind of broke today is that apparently Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark has yeah, yeah. reached out to Gonzaga about joining the Big 12 in basketball. So uh, it's just, you know, some news that they're just talking, but um, would be a pretty cool deal for the Big 12 to be able to pick up Gonzaga as like a, a you know, conference member for basketball uh, and just would add to the already superb death depth of this conference and basketball um and would finally give gonzaga some you know stable competition (laughs) throughout the season um so that would be great what are your thoughts on that i like the move i mean i think gonzaga needs it for their own credibility to be honest and i think everybody's tired of them like just coasting by in their whatever bs conference that they do um but then it just boosts your Big 12 credibility also. I mean, we're already going to be the best basketball conference again. And then add Gonzaga, who's been a top five team for the last however many, 10 years almost, <laughs> off and on for 10 yeah. years, basically. Like, that's a great team to add and program to add. So, man, if you can add them, I think your conference credibility is way stacked up. <clears throat> I like this little idea of like, you know, we don't have to get all these schools for football. 
Sure. What if we just lean into like, hey, we already are the best conference in basketball, but what if we make it like impossible for anybody to catch I mean, us? Let's it's add like Gonzaga. SEC Let's, football. Like they're yeah. so much better in football. We're gonna, why don't we just do so much better in basketball? Let's just do it. Let's just grab like let's grab some other of those random schools who are really good at basketball who aren't in a really good conference. Let's bring them over. UConn, you want to come on? Uh, <laughs> uh, Arizona, you know that's of course they're still, one of those schools yeah. that we don't really know what's going to happen with them um, and, and the Pac-12. But if they jump over, that's another great school. Like, yeah. just lean into being the best basketball conference and let's just keep adding great teams to it and be that signature be the signature conference for basketball. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. But like we said, we'll be previewing our Texas Tech basketball season uh, on Sunday night. We'll do our little TCU recap, hopefully a fun one, um, and, and then dive into basketball season. We'll be doing 10 questions on Texas Tech basketball uh, this season. So looking forward to that. Um, anything else from you this week, Dustin? All good, man. All right, well, that'll do it for us this week. One episode, we crammed it all in in one for you guys since we had some things come up, but uh, make sure you're still following us. We'll try to get two episodes out again next week, uh, TCU recap, basketball preview, and then we'll get ready for Kansas. So uh, in order to catch all of that, you got to follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. Also, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Facebook and on Instagram. Give our YouTube channel a follow, subscribe to it, click the bell to be notified whenever we post a video. Thanks for hanging out with us and catching our Baylor recap TCU preview. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.